Good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's well. Happy Friday. Another week, another opportunity, a little bit better. Special day today. We're going to have a special... I really, it's not different than what we're really building towards. We're just going to, I guess, zero in a little bit closer to the core today. Usually on Fridays, we do Q&A. This Friday, I think we're going to uh, instead dedicate the show to the upcoming holiday. And the reason why I want to do that is because Rosh Hashanah is not a holiday for one type of person, right? Thank God we're blessed. And I hope that we only continue to be blessed to have people that are with us every day um, from different religions, from different backgrounds, from different denominations. And there are many times that we engage in something that seems to be of one group but it's not at all. And if there's ever a day that really is more universal than one would think, it's Rosh Hashanah. So regardless of your level of observance or practice or religion, in many ways, the holiday coming up is very relevant of what we've been discussing. And so it sort of fits within the theme of what we're trying to build towards. And so I figured this would be a good time, especially with the holiday right coming up. It'd be a good time to really delve into some of these concepts. Of course, we won't do it justice, but we'll just talk a little bit about it. The essence of Rosh Hashanah really is a day that coronates the king. It's not, the judgment aspect of it has been overblown, I believe. It's true, it's there. But we've taken it and ran with it to a level in which it either sends people into some level of nervousness or makes people do things they don't typically do, or it it throws it off. Yes, there is some judgment going on, but that's not the core of the day. What we've been trying to build together over the past few months and weeks really rests on a truth that isn't, impossible to measure under a microscope that requires years of internal work that leaves you with a certainty that can't be articulated. It requires years of studying wisdom that has been passed down from generations that has manifested itself in the subtleties of life things that happen that you look at and realize that it just couldn't be otherwise. And this work that we're building together over these past few months really is very spiritual work. We're building our spiritual health together. Because when we start to realize that our physical body is just the, 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 the tool the computer, the sophisticated machine, and not us, we start to gain a level of control that we wouldn't have otherwise had. This is very much what we've been talking about, this idea of these feelings, these emotional states, these mental states that seem to overwhelm us. Once we put ourselves in the cockpit, once we put ourselves in the control tower, the true us, 
once we see our minds as the computers that have been mostly exposed in, in, in truth, in, without, our, without our decision, right? Most of us are exposed to things without us acting. You grow up in a world, you don't choose for the most part where you go to school. You don't choose your family. You don't choose your neighborhood. You don't even really choose your, what we call your hardwired skills, which everybody has some. You don't even choose uh, parts of your soul that manifest into the world. If you happen to be a more creative person and you go to a typical educational institution, you're not made necessarily unless, and listen, the world has changed now, but for the most part, if you've been growing up, you know, if you're over the age of 30, and you're more creative, you're less attentive, you're more out of the box. Most likely your educational experience wasn't as um, encouraging as the one who can sit for long periods of time and memorize. So much of what we've experienced really has been given to us. So this is an easy work. But the more we can remind ourselves that my body and my brain are my tools and not me, the more we emerge and are in control. The more we learn about ourselves, the more we are not thrown by the world. Now to do that, we have to now delve into a wisdom, into a truth that I can't touch and feel, which is why so many people have such a hard time with this. If you grow up in a world and you're trained under the way of thinking that the only way we find truth is through material observation, then it's impossible for you to be able to trust yourself to find any level of truth outside that because your brain is constrained to a very specific set of measurable ability. If I can't put it under a microscope, it's not true. If I can't understand why in my head it's not true, do you know how many people are struggling with the divine because they can't understand the Holocaust? You know what the Holocaust has done? Forget to the human beings that have lost their lives. Forget to the damage done to humans. Do you know what kind of damage it's been done to the, the spiritual strength of people? Like I tell, I don't said this here before. I couldn't, my grandparents are Holocaust survivors. It's my blood. People, people learn about the Holocaust through Holocaust Remembrance Day. I learned about the Holocaust because the woman who poured me milk as a little kid in my grandmother's house, the woman who gave me cookies had a, a number on her arm. I didn't learn about it in school. I learned about it by sitting in the back room with my grandfather in his lazy boy chair telling me stories of how he was tortured. You know how many people in my grandparents' world the Delray Beach community, wherever they lived. You know how many times I'd walk by with a kippah on my head, a yarmulke on my head, and where's God in the Holocaust? Where's God in the I, I couldn't get from the pool to my grandparents' house in Florida in the, in the wintertime, where we'd go for winter break. I couldn't get there without people coming out of it. Hi, I see that you're a religious Jew. Where was a God in the Holocaust? I'm like, hi, how are you? My name is Charlie. Who are you? Now, I appreciate like the question, but like, what? I'm 13. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I'm just trying to get to the house. I don't know. I can tell you about the giants. Like, I'm a kid. I just happen to have a yarmulke. It doesn't make me a Jewish philosopher. And it for sure doesn't make me a prophet or God. 
It doesn't matter. And I don't blame them. They're Holocaust survivors. They're blameless. There's no Holocaust survivor that deserves any blame. And to be honest, I only learned this even later in my life when I see just how long that period of time lasted in the, eye, in the, in the minds of my grandparents. I, only then did I really appreciate how devastating it was. It's hard for us to grapple with a creator. It's hard for us to get our heads around it. Where is he? How does it work? How does this, it's hard for us to be, to be immersed in a material world that has different laws and have to find a way to connect to something that is non-material, which is why so many people don't, which is why so many people beg out. And even those that are in, they're not necessarily fully engaged because it's difficult, because you have to go to places that you don't know how to get to. And because by definition, the way the world works with a creator can't be in your face. God was in our face. We would never have the chance to choose him. So when you look through history and you compare it to the book that was written 3,300 somewhat years ago, when you look through history and you compare it, and you see some things that are coming true and you're like, how could that possibly be? And you start to connect dots when you, when you, when you introspect and pray and you ask for things and you see, see things in your life start to change when you feel things that you couldn't, when you, when you engage in this world, you start to develop these tools, these abilities that you can't describe. But it's these abilities that allow you to change the way you see your own life. It allows us to think that the world is created for me not to take but to give. It allows us to walk into a room, feel something, and then be able to say that's tilt. It's not just you take it from here or take it from here or take it from here. I'm not saying that every guy sitting around playing poker is you know is a philosopher or is a is a believer but i'm saying that when you take these ideas and you put them into a context they necessitate a life that is bigger and richer and deeper than one that is just living solely in the material world than one that lives in a world that is divineless and the world today isn't necessarily on board. There are millions that are, maybe billions, but there's a lot that are just moving past it. It's just too hard and complicated. And it's a shame because what we believe at our core is not just that there is a God, but we believe that we have a piece of him inside us, that God is not a visible man in the sky. I mean, come on. He's not the invisible man in the sky that's like, you know, looking down past the clouds, the long white beard. And Rosh Hashanah takes out the books and he's writing down who goes into which book. It's, it's intangible. 
divine energy. It's intelligent energy in which the world was created it is the core of everything. It's within, it's the energy that pulsates in the entire world. It's within everything. The energy that is God is the core energy of how this world is alive. The life that we experience draws its sustenance from the spiritual world. What I'm saying, I'm not making up. And if you're hearing it for the first time, I, I invite you to delve into more of this wisdom. The concept that there is a light of God, an energy force that is divine, that is within the world, means that it's within me and you. And what is unique about Rosh Hashanah, that Rosh Hashanah is actually the anniversary of the creation of man and woman. The reason why we have the beginning of the year be the creation of man, because what God did when he created man and woman, mankind, is that he created a partner in creation. He infused us with divine capacity. He created a, if you will, a partner. Our role in this world is not to survive within it. We're not just like a more intelligent version of a fish. It doesn't mean that we get to like, you know, be mean and cruel to animals. I'm saying, but it doesn't mean that we're animals. We're not more intelligent animals. We have a different spiritual makeup. And that's phenomenal. And that's awesome. Because that now gives our lives infinite potential and infinite possibility. It gives us an ability to become things we could now, we could not even dream it. I'm telling you from the bottom of my heart that me and you could become people that today we can't even envision. Maybe our bodies will look similar, but our insides could become Things, resilience, kindness, generosity, wisdom, connection, love. We can achieve things that today we couldn't even imagine if we would just believe in the power of ourselves. If we would just allow ourselves to not take the world for what it is and reside, resign ourselves to basically being placed in the box that our brain has accepted and then working on the, sort of on the margins our whole lives. If we allow ourselves to believe that there's something big inside me, there's nothing in front of me that I can't grapple with. And that even if I fail, the person I will be along the way could be so much greater than the success of the material thing that I'm trying to get at. And the challenges that are brought in front of me are there to grow and build me. Once we live with these principles, once we take them from the mind to the heart, once we, we make them, once they're an awareness, they're not just an understanding, the world changes the challenge placed before us changes. The way I wake up in the morning and excited changes. The inability to get the, the ability to not get thrown changes. That 
all comes down to this incredible reality that there's a divine source that is in the world and in me. That's amazing. That's not something we take for granted. That's an amazing gift that we have. That is the greatest gift we will ever have. No matter what we accomplish in this world, we will never get a greater gift than the ability to be infused with divine energy. Nothing in this world can compare to something that is outside this world. What we have already is so much greater than what we're asked for after. We just have it in potential. And we have the opportunity, especially on a day like Rosh Hashanah, where we coronate the king. What that means is that we show gratitude and respect and honor. We stand before God. Whether you're standing before him, it's him or her, by the way. God's not a human being. We say him because we speak about it through that context. It's not a person. Whether you're doing it in a synagogue or alone, whether you're Jewish, whether you're not Jewish, whether you're in an apartment, whether you know how to read Hebrew, don't know how to read Hebrew, it doesn't matter. We get lost in these little games that we play with each other about little silos. We break that down. Wherever you are, we have an opportunity that is unique to stand before the creator of humanity and say, thank you. And say, I appreciate it. Thank you for making me me. Thank you for giving me you. Thank you for creating a connection between me and you through me. I don't have to climb a mountaintop. I don't have to live in a monastery. I don't have to, I don't have to, to move. I get to just be wherever I am and go inside. It's a gift. And I, I ask of you, God, this year, allow me to have the eyes that sees truth. Allow me to have a heart that understands depth. Allow me to have ears that hears the real good things that I should be listening to. Allow me to transcend this physical body so that I could be more. I could be more for my family. I could be more for my nation. I could be more for humanity. I could be more for myself. Allow me to see people of differences and see that they're just like me. Allow me to pursue things in life that are of utmost importance and not get thrown by the little things in life that are relevant. In Yiddish, the word is called kleinakite. Kleinakite. It's a great word that you wish. Kleinakite means like little kleinakite. It's like ridiculous. I just spent four hours of my life on a stupid fight that doesn't really matter because we're both being too... Really? I'm lost in the little things of life when there are so, like Michael said, big things. A day that we can stand before God and say, I ask of you one thing. Shine more light into this world. Infuse this divine energy into all of us. Let those that are broken be healed. Let those that can't get up in the morning have strength. Let those that are fighting 
see the truth. Let the world be able to be itself. Why do we need so much division? Why do we need so much hatred? Why do we need this for? It's just a lack of awareness of what life is really about. The chance that we have to stop our lives, just be the show. If we could take some of the key themes is be, do, have. You should have that in your brain. Be, do, have. Rosh Hashanah is about being. You don't do anything. You just eat and pray and introspect and connect. You just be. We have a chance to just be. But we get to recreate what that be is. So even if you don't feel like it's you, be. You'll start doing afterwards, but even if you don't feel like it's you, act as if. Spend two days wherever you are, however much you observe, just spend the time being this spiritual self. Thinking, contemplating, praying, and you'll see with God's help. Maybe just maybe we'll solidify this new version of ourselves in a unique way which will only allow us to do those things throughout the year and then have the life that we've always known we can be. We've always known we can have. I thank all of you for all these kind messages. I thank you for your love and your friendship. I thank you for being with me throughout the entire year. I think, I don't know what episode we're up to, but I think we're in like the one thirties. It's a lot of time to be together. Thank you for listening to me. Wish you the greatest year in the world. I wish you a Shana Tova. Happy New Year. Maybe this may this be a year filled with blessing and success and health and happiness. Maybe this be a year filled with a life that we know we can have, relationships that we deserve. Maybe this maybe maybe may this be a year where all of the uncertainty of what we've experienced this past year gets flipped to joy and gets flipped to happiness and may, may this be a year where we become the people we're meant to be I appreciate it I love you guys and I thank you for the time together I don't know why I'm getting emotional I don't know but I am so I am can I tell you may this be the greatest year of our lives and may every year get only better Shana Tova happy new year and with God's help, I cannot wait to see you again next year. And in particular, Monday morning. Shana Tovah.